Hi everyone, I'm Kina. I'm Catherine. And I'm Juliette, and we're a team of three high schoolers committed to engaging in meaningful discussion and learning more about the topics we're passionate about. Our conversations range from politics, to social justice, to environmental reform. Anything goes. Welcome to All of the Above, out loud. Welcome back everyone. Today we have a very exciting and bittersweet episode because it is the one year anniversary since we've transitioned to distance learning. Happy one year anniversary, COVID-19. Yay, <laughs> pandemiversary. Thank you for the round. Thank you for the round of applause. We decided <laughs> to interview our teachers today and kind of talk to them about, you know, how COVID has been for them and their experience. So we received audio clips from different teachers talking about how COVID has affected them. So we have Dr. Lawrence Jaraki from University High School in Fresno, California, and also a teacher, uh, one of Kina's teachers. Yeah, so we also received clips from Ms. Charlene Engel, or as we call her, Char, from Chadwick School in Palos Verdes. Okay, so Char is now going to introduce herself. Hello. My name is Charlene Engel. Uh, I am an English and history teacher for the 10th grade at Chadwick School. I've had the incredible privilege of teaching Kina in both English and history during her sophomore year. Uh, I'm also an advisor and the head advisor for ninth grade at Chadwick School. I've had the incredible privilege of advising a brilliant cat. Uh, and I am the head coach of Speech and Debate. Uh, I focus on public forum debate, and it's been a privilege to lead those students. Our second teacher, as I stated earlier, is Dr. Lawrence Jaraki. He just transferred to um, University High School just mid-pandemic last year. So we we're going to ask him some questions about what that was like. I'll have to say, this was not an easy transition for me. I've moved between schools, between districts. Uh, at one point I was teaching in Russia, another time in Croatia. So I'm used to going to new places and kind of establishing myself. But this was particularly difficult during a pandemic. In fact, I was hired here at University High School the day the school went dark. And so I was pulling onto campus for my interview the same time that all the students were leaving campus forever, essentially, for the seniors and such. So for teachers, getting to know the students is, is part of the initiation process. And I really didn't get that with this, with the, this class this year, the class of 2022. Uh, I'm used to coming in the first day and being dynamic and dancing around, not literally dancing, but just you know being active, being animated, being fun with the kids. And it's really hard to do that on Zoom. You're rooted to where the camera has you, so you can't be moving around. You can't be moving among the students. And that's made teaching really difficult. Uh, I was also replacing Dr. Torrance, who has been in an institution at this school for the last 20 years. And so he had a reputation. Kids came in knowing they were going to get great teaching, knowing that they were going to have a great year with this man. And instead, on this new person no one's ever seen before, trying to fill the shoes of one of the best teachers this school has had. And so that was difficult for me, too. So I can actually sympathize with Dr. Jaroki because I've actually never met some of my teachers in person, although um, my school is pretty small. But I am able to go in for extra help and get to know them more personally, which I have taken advantage of. But I can't imagine coming into a completely new school environment and not knowing any of your students and adapt pretty quickly to a situation that's hard for everyone. Yeah, especially yeah. like yeah. 
how he talked about, you know, having to fill in the shoes of a different teacher, like just having that pressure on you as well would have been really, really hard. Well, Shar has had a different experience than Dr. Jiraki, so we can kind of, you know, compare and contrast that. The second question that I asked her was how she would summarize her COVID-19 experience using a lyric or a phrase from a song. So mine, I guess, would be, we fell asleep to escape the sun and we woke up to the sound of the storm outside from Vance Joy's I'm With You because right now I'm nocturnal. Um, so I sleep during the day, wake up at night, like the song says, and it's been the rainy season recently. So yeah, and this was her response. And for me, one of the quotes that I've come across this past year that really uh, sums up my distance learning experience is a quote from uh, Brene Brown. And the quote goes, imperfections are not inadequacies. They're reminders that we're all in this together. And this has been a year in which teachers have been faced with so many challenges. And we'll talk about that more when we get to the next question. But there have been so many challenges and struggles that a huge part of my distance learning experience has been normalizing that struggle and saying that in conditions such as these that we had no part in putting into place, uh, we are bound to struggle. And when we do, those are reminders that we're in this together. Uh, And that's just been an incredibly important part of my journey. So thank you to Shar for sending in that clip because that was really, really insightful. I liked what what she said about normalizing the challenge and because it is a difficult time and it has been for a really long time, but I also think something equally as important is being able to adapt. And that's what many teachers have done during this pandemic. And it's been really amazing to see how quickly they've been able to transition to online learning and then some teachers even back to in-person learning so quickly and trying to kind of make the situation for students and their academic curricula as consistent as possible. So that kind of brings us to our next question that we had for our teachers and we asked about some challenges that we overlook that teachers face during COVID-19 and ways that students could help support teachers during the pandemic. Now, if I talked about everything that's been challenging about this past year, I think that this uh, clip would be maybe a little bit too long for a podcast, but it has just been an incredible challenge to feel like a first-year teacher again. Um, I'm teaching in a medium that is not my preferred medium. It's not a medium that I had developed a significant skill set to deal with, so I very much felt like a new teacher. Uh, And that was a huge struggle because I didn't feel as effective as I'm used to feeling. And that can have some serious implications for my self-worth. So for me, it was just so incredibly helpful that students were willing to get down in the dirt with me and figure it out together, right? Being able to say, I don't know that I have all the answers right now, but I'm certain that we could figure it out. I'm certain we can make this workable if we all co-create our classroom together that was incredibly empowering. And I think that one of the ways my students have tremendously helped me out this year is just by being ready to do that, being empowered in their voices to be able to tell me what works and what doesn't from the student experience. So students who are willing to come and have that metacognitive awareness of 
how they learn and are willing to give me honest and clear feedback about what their learning experience has been. It's been just so helpful. I mean, I don't know if you guys have felt the same thing, but like a lot of our teachers are really sad and frustrated because it, the students don't make an attempt to reach out to the teachers if they're struggling. And they're like, I can't help you if you, if you won't tell me that you're struggling, your camera's always off. Actually, at our school, um, it's we're, I, most classes we're not actually allowed to have our cameras off. Yeah, um, we're not allowed to either, but people still. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's really? like, yeah, and then the teachers, and then like, I'm thinking of my bio teacher especially. She'd be like, can you please turn on your camera? I don't know if you're understanding the material. And then the class does really poor on it. We, at least me personally, I try to go in for extra help a lot, like I said before. Just to like keep that connection going with them since some of them like I said I've never met before but I can totally see how certain students definitely maybe need like a push like from their teacher to go see them and being separated by a screen kind of impairs their ability to do so and I see how that can get frustrating for teachers who just want to help their students and at least for my school we the administration has come up with ways to kind of mitigate that so we don't have school on Fridays, usually. It's uh, asynchronous. I know a lot of other schools do the same thing. Do, did you guys schools do that? Okay, yeah, so yeah. we have yeah, asynchronous Wednesdays. Oh, okay. So, and then I'm assuming you guys probably have like office hours or something on that day, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. So students, reach out to your teachers if, if you need help because they can't help you if they don't know <laughs> if you actually need help. Yeah, so Shar's response where she talked about feeling like a new teacher and like a first year teacher and how that was difficult definitely relates to um, Dr. Jaraki's response because he is a new teacher. So we also asked him the same question about the greatest challenges that he faced and how he tried to overcome those challenges. As I mentioned earlier, teaching in the pandemic is not an easy endeavor. One of the reasons why I became a teacher is because I love working with young minds. I love interacting with kids. You know, I'm an old man, but I don't feel like it because on a daily basis, I'm, I'm dealing with kids who are young and fresh and excited about the material and excited to be learning. And that's really invigorating for a teacher. But when you look out via Zoom on a sea of 23 faces and 20 of them look like they're not paying attention or are checking their emails and, and you've only got two or three people that are really interacting with you, it makes it difficult. And it's difficult for the kids too, I recognize that. It's hard to sit behind a screen all day long when you're used to being around your friends and being in a classroom interacting with a teacher. It's particularly hard on Zoom because I'm used to being able to say, hey, turn to your partner, talk about this, and letting kids generate ideas that's, which they then can repeat out to the, the teacher after a few minutes of discussion with their, their peers. With Zoom, you do have the breakout room, which is how I've been forced to work with it, but then you've got this artificial situation where kids are being thrown together and they're talking, and if I've got six rooms going at once, uh, I can only at best be in one at a time. And as every teacher knows now via Zoom, as soon as you pop in the room and the kids see you there, there's silence, you hear crickets because everyone's kind of afraid to talk while the teacher's there. So I don't have the ability as a teacher teaching argument and discussion to have my students interact with each other on a regular basis in class. And that's been particularly difficult. 
Then, as I stated earlier, some of the other problem challenges are, are that I just don't get the connection with the students that I normally do. By now, this time of the year, the, the students are mine in, in the sense that they know me and I know them and we work together and, and we have this sense of common purpose. And I don't feel like we have that as much this year because, honestly, I haven't met these students. We had a little um, meet and greet type of thing at the zoo in early in, early in last semester where I, I saw probably 10 of my 115 students. And so it was very difficult for me not having this contact with the students. So I'll have a couple students see after class and we'll chat a little bit. I've got one student in particular who has a question of the day for me and after class this person will ask me a question and we'll discuss it and it's interesting. But I really do miss the interaction with the students. It's why I became a teacher and I don't have that. And Zoom is a poor substitute for that. Fortunately, we're gonna be coming back in a couple weeks, but even then, my largest class is going to be seven students live and you know 18 students via Zoom. So now I've got to be trying to teach the kids on the screen and the kids in the class at the same time, and I'm really not sure how that's going to work out. I've done it a few times to where I had one student in class and everyone else on screen, and I found myself teaching to that one student much more than to these uh, faces on a screen. And so I'm worried that the students in Zoom are going to lose a little bit because um, I'll be so excited to have students in front of me that I'll end up teaching to them more than the kids on the screen. Plus, having to go back and forth between on the screen and in the class is going to be an interesting and a challenge and, and one that I'm not sure I'll be able to fulfill. I definitely sympathize with um, Dr. Jaraki. And I guess just to provide some insight from the student perspective, we also you know, we want to participate, we want to be there involved, engaged in class, but sometimes we just have Zoom anxiety. I'm not sure if Juliet and Kat can relate, but yes. it yeah. just, it makes me nervous to speak up sometimes just because no one else is speaking. And, you know, it's a big group of people and you don't want to say mm -hmm. something wrong. But I definitely think that if Dr. Jaraki um, implements some type of way to reward students who do speak up and um, act courageously, that could be really helpful in order to stimulate more, um, you know, participation in class. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh, I don't know if you guys have ever been in a breakout room and you've really been trying to like foster the conversation and like you're getting nothing and it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, you guys just say like, I'm trying so hard. I know, that <laughs> yeah. Happens. I've been in one of those where like in my math class, sometimes I'm in a breakout room with other seniors and they just turn off their camera and like we're supposed to be talking about the question. They just turn off their camera, mute their microphone. And it's just me looking into the camera by myself. So it's it's definitely Zoom. It's definitely an awkward experience. For oh, yeah. the classes where we're supposed to share our ideas and stuff. So shifting away from the discussion of school, I think something that's been impacting a lot of students and um, just people in general that has been highlighted by the pandemic is the problem of mental health and um, anxiety and depression and stuff like that. So personally, I at the beginning of the pandemic, especially, I was struggling with my anxiety, um, kind of feeling like I didn't know what was going on and adapting to a new environment and not being around my friends for months on end. So I definitely struggled with that and I'm pretty sure a lot of my friends and peers 
had as well. That actually ties into a question that I asked Shar. I asked her how she's been feeling like actually and if she was comfortable kind of discussing her mental health and how she's been taking care of it. So this is what she said in response. This has been a year in which I have begun seeing a therapist for the first time in my life. I've been involved in therapy before as someone who has participated on the behalf of family members, but I've never entered into a course of individual therapy that is only about me and my journey. And that has just been um, really, really helpful in me dealing with my mental health because it has been very, very hard. And I think I've learned a lot about myself. For example, I didn't know the extent to which I tie my self-worth to the extent that I feel like an effective educator in the classroom. Now, I think that there are some good things you could argue about tying your self-worth to an external source. Like, obviously, that helps me become the best teacher that I can be. But in the end, that's not what we want to do. We don't want to tie our self-worth to something that is outside of ourselves because we need to believe that we are worthy now. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of work in tying my self-worth into my internal standards as opposed to other people's reactions to me. And that's been a, a journey that I'll take with me even after this pandemic is over. I definitely highly recommend these deep dives into knowing ourselves uh, as one of the really important steps in becoming the best actors in our world. Uh, something that really shocked and, and stood out to me about my current journey to know myself is that you can't love other people more than you love yourself. The relationship that you have with yourself is the basis of the relationship you will have with the outside world and all the other humans in it. So if you can't extend yourself some kindness, if you can't extend yourself that compassion, you're going to have a lot of difficulty extending it to other people. If you are judging yourself, if you are critical of yourself, you will extend that relationship out to other people. So for me, it's it been really difficult because I've always felt like I don't want to be too focused on myself. I've chosen teaching as a profession, which means I enjoy focusing on others, right, and helping them along their learning journey. And it's been a lot of processing for me to turn that focus inward and say that one of the ways that I can become the best teacher that I can be is doing the work on myself and really pouring myself into becoming the best person that I can be. Um, so, you know, it's been a struggle. There have been anxiety attacks. There's been, you know, chronic cycles of depression and the people around me have been so instrumental in helping me get back up, get back in the fight and keep going. Uh, and definitely my students have always given me life in terms of seeing them also show this same resilience. So, you know, just one final comment. Thank you so much to Kina and Kat who have been students in my life that have always helped me uh, get back up because I see them doing it and I see them continuing to put themselves into the classroom in an engaged and authentic way. And that means that I'm always gonna be able to find the strength to do the same. I just wanna thank Shar for you know telling us about that because it thank isn't you. always something that people wanna talk about. Yeah, thank you so much.
And we really do applaud you for the actions that you've taken to take care of yourself and become a better teacher. I've also been dealing with, you know, some mental health stuff. And on my end, I haven't gone to therapy, but I've tried, you know, meditating and giving myself the weekends to not do schoolwork as much and to kind of just, you know, live presently and appreciate the relationships that I have with the people in my life. I can relate to Kina. Um, I also was meditating for like a period of time when I was really stressed and anxious about schoolwork and the workload. So that's a way that I've been dealing with it that I hadn't mentioned previously. Yeah, and I think that's really, really important. And uh, I used to do like so much work every day. Like I have three planners, like it's, it's, there's a lot going on. And I thought about it like not too long ago, really thinking about it and was like, I'm not going to remember any part of the studying that I'm doing in my life and all the things I'm saying no to, like hanging out with my family or like watching a movie. Those are things that I will remember in years to come, but I'm not going to ever remember studying until like 3 a.m. for something or uh, writing an essay for a really long time. So prioritization has been really important for me and just kind of prioritizing people and also um, prioritizing. So we're really thankful to our amazing teachers, um, mm-hmm. Shar and Dr. Duraki for giving us these really insightful responses. It was really nice to kind of learn about the teacher's perspective of COVID-19 because we always talk about, you know, how students are feeling and all of that, but we overlook how teachers are actually feeling. So we're really thankful to them for providing us this insight. Yes, thank you so much. We appreciate all of your guys' work throughout the pandemic and beyond, and we know it's hard, so we'll try to make it easier for you. Yes, for sure. And of course, we would like to thank all of you guys for listening to our podcast every month. Yes. Um, and this has been a special episode, We so we hope that you guys have enjoyed it. If you guys are new and want to learn more about our organization, you can find us on Instagram at AOTA Club. That's AOTA Club. Um, on our Instagram, you'll find a link to a link tree where our website, our Spotify, and links to our monthly meetings are all available. Catch you on the flip. <laughs>